What's up, guys? Brendan Boylan here, host of the Who Dat Discussion, writer and reporter for Saints News Network on SI.com, and, of course, the award-winning filmmaker. Today we have so much to go over. Uh, the Saints played their first preseason game this last Saturday. They dropped to the Baltimore Ravens by the score of 17-14, to 14, but we certainly had some New Orleans Saints that stood out, not just in training camp, but, man, they showed out in preseason week one as well. I have Mervin Walls. He's joining me today, the host of the Black and Gold Hour podcast. But before we hit, do all that, let's hit the intro. Hey, All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Say they Powered by Overtime Media. Hey, what's up? What's up, everyone? This is Merv from the Black and Gold Hour podcast. I'm really happy to be here. Brendan is one of my good friends, man, and we talk New Orleans Saints football and he came on my show and he, you know, gave us all his insight and perspective. So I'm happy to come on and, you know, talk Saints football with you guys. I'm excited. Thanks so much for, for joining us today. Again, if you haven't checked out his podcast, the Black and Gold Hour podcast, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter as well. How do people find you on the World Wide Web? Man, follow me on Twitter at Merv underscore speak. That's M-E-R-V underscore speak s-p-e-a-k and i'm talking saints football that's pretty much what i'm on twitter to do talk saints football talk sports nfl nba WNBA. we're talking all sports and just here to connect with the fans and build the community so definitely follow me and follow the black and gold hour page on instagram at black and gold hour i'm excited to have you up there and definitely comment man and and we, we talk football all day give you guys 24-7 content, so definitely check in. Well, that's what we're here to do today, talk to some New Orleans Saints. We've had a whirlwind of an offseason. I think that's the way I described it the last podcast. Uh, last podcast, if you haven't, go ahead, catch up on all that Michael Thomas dilemma, drama, whatever you want to call it. It looks like it's smoothed over. He was actually on the sidelines with the New Orleans Saints in a walking boot, catching some passes on the sideline against the Baltimore Ravens. But, Merv, you were actually – in the DMV area, you caught the game last Saturday. There's plenty uh, to go over, right? But I want to start with a guy who lots of people thought may not even make the roster, especially after Devontae Freeman was signed by the New Orleans Saints. But how about Tony Jones Jr.? He goes seven carries, 82 yards, a touchdown. A lot of Saints fans thought that he was going to get more reps in week 17 last year with essentially – the entire running back room out for COVID protocol. Ty Montgomery ends up shining in that game, but there's still a lot of people high about this second year kid out of Notre Dame. What did he do to impress you in person up in Baltimore, Maryland? Yeah. When you think about the new Orleans saints offense, you don't think about the running back position during the preseason. I mean, we already have Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, and the Saints recently signed um, Devontae Freeman. So running back wasn't something that I was expecting to really be observing on Saturday night, but Tony Jones Jr., man, I'm going to be honest with you. He had his own little cheering section in my section, man. He really flashed for Saints fans. He kind of had that 
he's a he's a, a stockier guy kind of reminds you of Derrick Henry and and when I say that I doesn't I don't necessarily mean he is Derrick Henry but I mean that he has that type of speed where you, you don't see it coming he's bigger he's stronger uh, bigger and stronger than like an Alvin Kamara, but he's speedy. He's able to get away from cornerbacks and, and linebackers. And I was really excited to see what he can do. And I definitely think he's going to make this New Orleans Saints roster this year. Well, he, he's got, still got a long ways to go. A, another performance on Monday against Jacksonville would certainly help his case. But you and I kind of chatted it up before the podcast and said, this is a guy who could really find a home on special teams because you might be a little concerned to drop him down your practice squad, especially if he shows out once again in the preseason. Right, right. And for a guy like Tony Jones Jr. or or any young athletic player during the preseason, you know that special teams is the way that you make a team. You don't come on and start being the starting running back of, of an NFL team. You kind of start with special teams. And I think Tony Jones Jr. is a guy that Sean Payton is definitely going to be intrigued by based off of his performance on Saturday and based off his upcoming performance on this coming Monday. But I think if he does make this roster, he'll have to contribute on special teams. And then he'll finally get his chance to show what he can do at running back in the regular season, maybe towards the latter part of the season, bearing any injury, he might be able to, you know, shine during the, the regular season as well. But I definitely think special teams and possibly if Deontay Harris becomes a full-time wide receiver, he might be someone that's catching on um, punts and kicks up kickoffs for the New Orleans Saints as well. Well, it was Jones Jr., who opened up the scoring for the Saints on Saturday. It was an 18-yard touchdown run in the second quarter. That capped off a seven-play, 80-yard drive that lasted just over two minutes and 30 seconds. I do want to talk about two other offensive players that shine that were undrafted free agents from a season ago. One that got a lot of media attention nationally was Marquez Callaway, and a lot of people expect him to have a jump season. What did you see with him against some of the best defensive backs in the league, he was drawing the number one corner from this Ravens team throughout the night. And for Marquez Callaway, I've seen what we we saw last season in his brief stint before the injury, he's able to find a way to get open. And, and that's been a concern for Saints wide receivers over the last two years outside of Michael Thomas. He's been able to make plays, find a soft spot in the zone, and he catches the ball with his hands. He's quick. He's elusive. And he, he's, he's a player that the New Orleans Saints have really needed and, and, and really need to shine in order for this New Orleans Saints offense to take the next step in this new era. I really was impressed with what, what I seen in Marquez Callaway and Saints fans are so hyped um, when it comes to Marquez Callaway. This game added to the hypeness and, and I'm excited to see what he does this season, but he is a player that finds a way to get open and make plays and that's exactly what we need out of this wide receiver group. Well, remember, it was Emmanuel Sanders last season. He's now a member of the Buffalo Bills. He said in a media conference during the middle of the season to remember the name Marquez Callaway. And that's speaking a lot. That's a two-time Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champion that's telling the media and fans of the team, hey, listen, this undrafted free agent, this guy's going to be good. Uh, For anybody that didn't listen to Emmanuel Sanders, I know they're certainly listening to him now, uh, but he called his shot. And Marquez Callaway looks like a guy who could really not just contribute to the team, but could be the answer to that number two wide receiver spot that the Saints have had uh, just a big question mark at the last few years. The other undrafted free agent that I want to talk about 
was a guy who played wide receiver, but has recently made the transition to tight end. And after a great week in training camp that included four touchdowns in two days, man, he showed out against Baltimore. I'm talking about Jawan Johnson. I had actually mentioned him on Sports Illustrated with the Saints News Network as one of my three players to watch going into the game against Baltimore. Man, he certainly proved me right. Only two receptions, but both of those big plays. Right, right. And I'm be honest, I'm very excited about Jawan Johnson and his transition to tight end. I'm excited about the mis- mismatches that he'll create as he'll probably be lined up against um, linebackers, maybe even defensive ends throughout the season. And he has athleticism. He still has the wide receiver speed to create plays. And he also, like Marquez Callaway, he catches the ball with his hands. He was strong, explosive, and gave me my one stand-up and shout moment when he broke a tackle and almost took it to the end zone late in the game for the New Orleans Saints. So I do believe that Jawan Johnson at tight end, is going to create havoc for um, defenses around the league. And if he can get in sync with whoever the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints will be, he's definitely going to have a promising year. Well, remember, it was Juwan Johnson who nearly quit football when he was about 11, 12 years old because he was playing tight end. So they finally move him out to wide receiver. And now all these years later, he finally makes the adjustment back to tight end. He said, man, God's got a sense of humor about things sometimes. And uh, I said when Jawan came on as an undrafted free agent with the New Orleans Saints because of his 6'6 size, uh, bigger frame, bigger build, excellent blocker out at wide receiver. I said, man, if this guy moves to tight end, he's going to make the team. No problem. Now he made the team. Uh, he started some some games for the New Orleans Saints last year because that was just a whole mess at the wide receiver position. We're still in that mess. We will certainly get to that. But I do want to talk about the last point that you brought up is whoever starts for the New Orleans Saints at the wide receiver position. A lot of us were intrigued to see Ian Book um, in his first NFL action. He goes 9-16 for 126 yards and interception. But let's be honest, we know that Ian Book is not going to be the quarterback this year. He certainly could be next year uh, as Taysom and Jameis are both in the last years of their contracts. Mm -hmm. But Jameis and Taysom had similar sample sizes in week one it was Taysom who took about 20 snaps Jameis took 19 and it was Taysom that graded higher according to pro football focus in both overall grade and passing grade despite Jameis Winston's near flawless surgical if you will two-minute drill at the end of the first half that kind of reminded some Saints fans of some classic Drew Brees ones Mm -hmm. what did you see out of both quarterbacks so When I talk about both quarterbacks and what I saw on Saturday night was kind of what we've seen all training camp. Um, You see good and and bad from both quarterbacks, but it's hard to kind of take a look at the New Orleans Saints offense when you have six turnovers throughout the game. But what I will say about Taysom is he's he's athletic. We already know what he can do as a runner. We definitely want to see him kind of get in sync more with the other receivers and I'm not sure if that's due to sharing reps with Jameis throughout the throughout training camp but he just didn't seem to be in sync with the other wide receivers at times Um, especially on that interception to Ty Montgomery it just seemed like there was a miscommunication Um, you know Ty Montgomery thought he maybe has should you know sit in the zone while while Taysom thought he should maybe break out break out and, and and keep it keep moving so I think that Taysom 
has can show some flashes, completed some throws, especially early in the game to Marquez Callaway that we talked about earlier. But I think that Jameis kind of looked the better out of the quarterbacks, in my opinion. He was able to, you know, do the two-minute drill and also throw a touchdown pass to little Jordan Humphrey. And I, I, I'm really high on Jameis Winston. And I believe that if he can get in sync with the wide receivers and these wide receivers can create se separation throughout the game, Jameis Winston can elevate this wide receiver group and, and hopefully he continues to develop, but it's kind of neck and neck for me right now as who I would have as a starter, but mm, you know, it, it, it's neck and neck right now, but I definitely want to see what Monday brings for the quarterbacks. Well, I've said from the very beginning, I said there was a 98% chance that Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback <laughs> come week one of the regular season. I'm going to stand by that. I think with that strong arm that Jameis has, um, I've seen him mature leaps and bounds over the last year, uh, just being able to take the year, sit out. And the way he's spoken to the media about his relationship with Drew Brees and how much he's learned from Drew, I think that tells me a whole lot. Because mm -hmm. let's be honest, Merv, we're not much older uh, than 2021. We're, we're pretty fresh out of school, right? Right. You go look back to when you were 20, 21. I know that I made dumb choices. I'm sure you did as well. And Still uh, it's certainly documented that Jameis made some, some dumb choices. But here's the difference is you and I were not in any national spotlight, winning a national championship, bringing home the Heisman Trophy, and we weren't handed millions of dollars and being the face of the franchise at such a young age. Right. And I do think that there is a pressure to that. I do think sometimes it gets to your head, not just in a, when you're playing bad, everything's bad, but sometimes it gets to your head and your head balloons a little bit and you think you're bigger than what you are. And I think for Jameis, this last year was such a humbling experience for him. Mm -hmm. And he even said in an interview with Jeremy Fowler of ESPN lately that he is trying to earn that spot back into being one of the 32 and meeting one of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And he kind of alluded to, he took it for granted. And he, he mentioned all these things and it was such a mature uh, interview and what was something that was very open and saying the biggest thing he learned from Drew Brees was you don't have to be Batman until you have to be Batman, be Bruce Wayne for a little bit. <laughs> right. And I love that quote, but I've seen leaps and bounds of growth from Jameis Winston. And to me, that gives the Saints a better chance to win, not just now, but in the future. Because, yeah, I love what Taysom Hill can do. He's a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, he reminds me a lot of uh, Lamar Jackson mm. in terms of really relying on your legs. Here's the difference. Lamar Jackson in his mid-20s and Taysom Hill with multiple surgeries, documented surgeries while he was at mm -hmm. BYU – He's in his 30s. And you even look at the greatest dual threat quarterback of all time, in my opinion, in Michael Vick. Yeah, Vick had a career resurgence in his early 30s, late 20s, early 30s. But then everything that made Michael Vick special, unfortunately, the body started catching up. And what's the Absolutely. one thing you're never going to outrun? And that's father time. Right. And that's my concern in the, in the long term. But I still think Jameis gives this team the best opportunity to win. Now I'm going to stick by that. 
you said something to me that I found very interesting and I'd mm. like for you to allude on it. And this was before we started recording. You said that this saints receiving corpse and the talent that they have could make the saints one of the best offenses in football this year. And that took me by surprise because there are plenty of people, myself included, that look at this on paper and say, this is really inexperienced. There's a lot to prove here. Uh, there's Michael Thomas and there's everyone else. And you and I kind of went through that list a little bit. I said, well, Traquan, I still like Traquan. I think Traquan mm-hmm. can offer a lot to a football team. And especially with a guy like Jameis that can hit him deep, he's probably going to have a little bit um, more downfield threat than he did with Drew Brees. And that's just because let's be honest, Drew's arm strength was not in his prime. It's not the same prime Drew Brees arm strength right. from 11 and 12 and 13 that we had towards the very end. And that's just father time. Like we were talking about, but Traquan's been hurt almost every year that he's been in the league. Deontay Harris, his third NFL season, but really his first as a full-time wide receiver Marquez Callaway, who we talked about, I think as much as I love the potential and what he can bring for the Saints, that's just a lot of pressure on an undrafted free agent going into his second year. You know, he only had 22 catches last year, uh, not even 300 yards, didn't find the end zone. That's just a lot of pressure. I'm not saying he can't live up to that pressure, but I'm saying that's a lot on a guy. Absolutely. Then you have guys like little Jordan Humphrey. You have a guy like Kevin White, who we'll talk about in a little bit. There's just a lot of question marks there. And you have Merv over here saying, well, this could be one of the best offenses in football because of the unknown of what this receiving corpse can do. Right, right. And the unknown. And I like how you use the word potential because that's what I'm banking on. I'm banking on Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway playing at the potential, the ceiling that we think they can have. I mean, we haven't seen it through Traquan. We've seen it in glimpses with both players, but I think this is, this would be the year that they need to emerge. I think this is the year that we need to see Traquan Smith take that next step. We know what Deontay Harris can bring, and we know he creates mismatches for offenses. But one thing about the wide receiver group that we talk about is it's more than Traquan Smith, Ty Montgomery, Little Jordan Humphrey, Chris Hogan, and Marquez Callaway. It's also one of the best running back, if not the best running back in the National Football League in Alvin Kamara, what he brings to the to the Saints wide receiver group. He's a receiver in itself. And we now have Ty Montgomery Gummery and veteran Chris Hogan, who can create crucial third down conversions, just like Marquez Callaway. I believe that if Traquan Smith can stay healthy and continue to develop and get better over the course of the season, and we find that quarterback that gets in sync with this wide receiver group, I believe that this New Orleans Saints passing offense will be leaps and bounds better than it was one year ago or maybe two years ago, and Michael Thomas will be the icing on top of an electric New Orleans Saints receiving court. Well, as I said earlier, there's been lots of question marks at the number two <laughs> spot. I look at 18, and Drew Brees finished second in MVP voting that year. That was a dynamic offense. That was the year. We won't get too deep into that because Saints <laughs> fans are going to shut this podcast off if we talk right. about 18 too much. Right. 19, Michael Thomas was the offense. Um, and it just seems like since 18, we haven't had a year where Mike Thomas and Kamara are healthy with a good supporting cast. Now, one thing we haven't talked about is the Saints have arguably the best offensive line in football. 
that's certainly going to help regardless of who the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into Monday night on ESPN. It's not quite Monday night football because it's not a regular season game, but it is Monday night football, <laughs> right. preseason stuff, Saints and Jags. What are you looking for in this matchup? We mentioned a couple guys that really starred for the Saints. I do want to give it a shout out to Zach Bond. I know that he got a lot of love uh, from local Saints analysts, Saints Twitter. I know Underhill and John Hendricks, friends of both of ours, uh, they shouted their praises or his praise mm-hmm. after his performance. And I believe he was the highest graded Saint by Pro Football Focus after mm-hmm. week one, um, especially with Pete Warner, who was our second round pick, being injured and not being. Uh, necessarily healthy. I think this is Zach Bond's opportunity to show people like, hey, I'm not a bust. And I think that's crazy that we have Saints fans that are saying after one year, because the guy was making a transition from edge to inside linebacker, oh, he's a bust. Well, the Saints didn't, I don't want to say they didn't need him, but they knew they were, he was going to get a red shirt year. We're spoiled. Spoiled. We're spoiled. Mm -hmm. The Saints fans, as of the last 15 years, have certainly been spoiled but Zach Bond's certainly showing everything that the Saints saw that made them go get him. He's athletic. He's got good vision. But he had to make that transition from edge to inside. That's not easy. From going from a a 3-4 outside linebacker to a 4-3 hybrid inside linebacker Mm -hmm. playing alongside Demario Davis. The Saints have a good problem at linebacker, and we haven't been able to say that for a long time. <laughs> right. Because Quan Alexander, we don't know what he's going to bring. Right. Keely, that's a tough injury. But he's back. He's been getting some reps in, some live stuff in. That's great. But Zach Bond balled out. I think he's going to have a great opportunity to prove he should be the starter alongside DeMario Davis. So I didn't want to get that in before we talk too much about the Jags. Mm-hmm. But what are you looking for? This is going to be interesting, right, because you have – Two first-round picks for the Jaguars, both mm-hmm. coming from, from Clemson, both national champions, and Travis Etienne, who's a Louisiana boy. And, of course, Trevor Lawrence, who's just been the face of college football for the last two or three years. You're probably going to get to see those guys play quite a bit, test your defense out a little bit, but you're going into round two of quarterback battle. <laughs> you want to make the boxing or UFC reference – I'd say I'd say the first round was probably probably 10-9 across the board. It was really close in terms of scoring that first round. How do you see round two going? Well, that's the important thing, and I think this is the game that's going to separate either quarterback. I honestly believe that as we approach the latter stages of training camp, that Monday night's game – against the Jaguars is, is either put up or shut up time for, for Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. I, I need to see, first of all, no turnovers after a six turnover game from the New Orleans Saints offense. But I think from both quarterbacks, we need to see consistent drives. We need to see maybe not touchdowns, but third down conversions able to um, facilitate the offense. And obviously they're not going to be surgeons like Drew Brees was that took years of experience in learning the Saints offense. But I think we need to see some type of chemistry with the wide receiver group out of both um, quarterbacks, able to lead the group, able to show leadership for the offense. And I believe that if Jameis Winston wants to set himself apart, Monday is the day to do it. And I believe that 
if he can create plays, the quarterback who makes the most plays on Monday night is the quarterback that's going to get the starting spot for the New Orleans Saints. Now, the New Orleans Saints defense, they, they've shown all that they can. We definitely want to see more out of Paulson Adebo as well. He was able to create plays on Saturday. He was able to, they, they were picking at him. He was able to shut down any of their chances. I think he only gave up about three catches and he was targeted maybe more than five, six times. So I definitely want to see more from him, especially as the New Orleans Saints look for their number two corner. So I want to see more from Paulson Adebo and I want to see Jameis Winston take that next step to become the Saints' official starting quarterback as we head into the 2021 season. Well, you already answered some of the question there by saying Paulson Adebo, mm -hmm. but I did want to ask you if you had to give me three players to watch, one offense, one defense, and one wild card, if you will, or flex option because mm -hmm. I'm a fantasy football guy. You gave me your defensive guy in Paulson Adebo. Who are we watching on the offensive side? If I had to find someone to watch on the offensive side, I would say it's a guy that we talked about earlier, Jawan Johnson. I want to see more from him at tight end. I want to see if what we saw on Saturday was was not a mirage, but could be a consistent um, – he could be a consistent option for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, you can't put too much stock in preseason. But knowing a guy is athletic, has the speed, has the hands – and it's going to be matched up with linebacker and defensive ends. I'm only getting excited when I think about Jawan Johnson as a tight end in this New Orleans Saints offense matched up with Adam Troutman. The New Orleans Saints could have one of the emerging tight end duos in the NFL, and I definitely want to see him continue to develop as we see them in um, New Orleans on Monday. Well, I'll go ahead and give you guys my offense and defense, and then we'll go into our wild card. I think defensively, this is going to be a weird one. <laughs> Ken Crawley, to kind of mm. piggyback off your, your cornerback thing, because right now it just seems as if the Saints are going into the regular season going, all right, this is what we have. It's going to be Paulson Adebo or Ken Crawley. And I know there's a love-hate relationship with Ken Crawley because 17 was awesome. Like, who would have thought this little, you know, unheard of guy out of the University right. of Colorado was going to play essentially – for parts of the season, just as well as the defensive rookie of the year in Marshawn Lattimore. Amazing season. That right. was an amazing season. By right. And then you had your ups and downs. And then mm -hmm. we had the Eli Apple came in and that had ups and downs. And the Saints haven't been able to solidify the number two corner until last year with Janoris Jenkins. The Saints have to let him walk because of the cap situation. Mm -hmm. Wasn't really fond of that. I wish they would have found a way, but the fact that they found a way to get from a hundred over to zero, mm -hmm. that's, that's an, that's enough in itself. Uh, that's, that's really crunching numbers and that goes far beyond me, <laughs> but I'm really looking at Ken Crawley. Is this the Ken Crawley of 17? Is this going to be a guy that can be on your roster and not only be serviceable, but be a good mentor to some of these younger guys as a guy that's seen the ups and the downs of the NFL. That's who I'm looking at because though nothing has came officially yet, which still kind of surprises me, mm -hmm. we're assuming Marshawn Lattimore is going to be suspended for a couple games for the incidents over, over the summer in Ohio. More than likely. Let's say that. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's a 99.9999% chance that right. Marshawn's going to miss at least two games. I would say probably two. Right. Uh, two or three or somewhere in there. 
So Crawley could be your starting corner in week one. I just got to see that this guy can ball because training camp, Paulson and Ken Crawley have apparently been really good. And I haven't been able to go down to camp to see him in person, but hearing from, from some of our guys down there, and I'll shout out John Hendricks again, they've been good, both of them, but I got to see Ken Crawley. On the offensive side, there are some questions at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And the Saints brought a guy in that was a seven overall pick, is 6'3", and ran a 4'3", around a 4'3", 4'4", somewhere in there, at the combine when he was drafted. Now, injuries have derailed the career so far. Right. But I love his quote earlier this week that's saying, I'm going to keep going until they kick me out of the NFL. And that's Kevin White. And a lot of people that are true draft people, remember Kevin White. Some of the, the newer generation that might be listening might be like, who? <laughs> well, uh, rightfully so. Kevin White hasn't done a whole lot in his NFL career. And to this point, he's, he's considered a draft bust. But he showed out in his first day of camp and his first two days of camp to the point where you have guys that are saying he's going to make the 53 coming in this late in the mm-hmm. process. But, man, my mouth waters when you talk about 6'3", even if he's not that fast. If he's still in 4'4", four, 4'5", four, four, even. That'll do. <laughs> that'll do. All right. At that big, 6'3", 225, 4'3", 4'4", somewhere in there. Pairing that with Michael Thomas, Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith, I mean, he could be a weapon. And I'm really excited and curious to see what Kevin White has left because how easy, and this just goes to people. And we talked about a little bit with Jameis Winston and people in your mindset and your mentality and your mental health through all of this, because people are like, Oh, you can pay millions of dollars to play a game. There's a lot of things in this that fans don't see the business side of it, everything that's mentally exhausting and draining. Mm -hmm. How easy would it have been for Kevin White to be like, you know what? I tore my Achilles. I haven't been able to get right. I've had a just a string of injuries. Right. I'm considered a draft. It's not easy for you or me to go online and see some hurtful comments. Could you imagine going on your Twitter and seeing thousands of people calling you a bust, doing this and doing that? And your mindset is, I'm a fight for this until they kick me out of the league. I'm rooting for the guy. Right. He he fits the swagger of the team almost. Even like. Drew Brees isn't with us anymore, but he was like that underdog. Demario Davis, Alvin Kamara, like the underdog. And even not at this point, but Michael Thomas is one of the best wide receivers in the league, but he's still fighting to prove that, hey, I'm more than just running slants or or short intermediate routes. I'm an all-purpose wide receiver. And I think it fits, for lack of the better better word, um, the the swagger of the team. And I think he can really, you know, create – mismatches I mean this 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 Saints offense has the wide receivers we just need to see them do what we already know that they can do and then to add you know to add um to piggyback on what you said about Ken Crawley Ken Crawley's 2017 year oh is one of my favorite years by a player that many didn't expect to have the year that he did and it always seems like towards the latter parts of the season that number two corner position isn't solidified for the Saints, whether it be Ken Crawley or like Eli Apple's injury in Chicago that kind of 
changed his trajectory with the team. I really am excited to see what Ken Crawley does, just like yourself. And I believe that if he can play even close to what he did in 2017, the New Orleans Saints, barring any you know injuries or anything like that, his defense is going to be a top five defense, if not one of the, if not the best defense in the NFL going into this season. Remember, the Saints have been among the league best run defenses over the last few years. It's been the pass. And I think even with the year. question, even with the question marks, there, there's excitement. So going, we I got Crawley and White. You got Jawan Johnson. You got Paulson Debo. Who's your wild card guy to watch? I want to see Tony Jones Jr. continue to make plays, man. I I don't even know if he makes this roster. We, we're kind of stacked that running back and Devontae Freeman just being recently signed. It, it's, it's going to be a stretch if he makes the roster, but I do want to see him continue to do what he did on Saturday night because I think if he does, there's no question that the New Orleans Saints coaching staff is going to take notice and they can't add this guy to the practice squad. Tony Jones Jr. is a guy that I, I definitely want to see and I definitely want to see, you know, more of Carl Granderson continue to make plays. We know what he can do. He's not a wild card on this roster, but he made big plays on Saturday and I definitely want to see him make more plays because that defensive line is probably as Saints and Huda Nation, our favorite position group to watch right now, have one of the best defensive lines in the league. And if he can play up to what we know he can do and what he did last season, the New Orleans Saints, like we said before, they're, they're going to have the best defense in the NFL. And, and they're already looking the part this early in the, in, 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 in the offseason. And man, if Carl Granderson can just take that next leap, even with David Unyamata out, I think the defensive line is still going to be the position group that carries the team to success. Well, they're stacked at edge for the first time in a long time either. It's <laughs> right. because Davenport, Peyton Turner, who we haven't been able to see play either. He might be a wild card for somebody else. But mine is a little bit more focused hmm. because it's one of the weirdest situations I have seen in my time covering this team hmm. with Saints news. And that's the kicking position. Yeah. Will Lutz gets hurt. Bring in another guy. He gets hurt. He gets cut. So as of four hours ago, the Saints have signed another kicker. It's four hours of us recording this podcast Friday night, <laughs> about nine o'clock. So Friday afternoon, the Saints sign a kicker. Um, Ross. So Aldrich Ross, we, we that's the guy I'm looking. That's my wild card guy. Former New York Giants kicker. Because the Saints got to find a guy who's going to be somewhat consistent. I mean, we've been we talked about the Saints fans have been spoiled. Will Lutz has spoiled New Orleans Saints fans because I think a lot of people are very quick to forget everything that happened to get us there and the amount of we had. Obviously, Garrett Hartley's a Saints legend, no matter what, no matter how poorly that might have ended. The legend, he's a Saints legend Garrett Hartley, forever, forever. Right. Then you have. John Casey, who came in in 11, mm. former Carolina Panther kicker. Shane Graham. There's a lot of guys on this list that I don't even remember. <laughs> because there, there, yeah. was, there, was, there was a roulette of all of it. It, it was a merry-go-round of kickers. And then Will Lutz popped up. Dustin Hopkins was a guy that we had in camp that we cut. And he ended up having a great year for the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like, oh, we cut him. Why, why, why didn't we keep him? And Will Lutz, you know, kind of falls on our lap. 
And he's been the most consistent kicker in football over the last couple of years. So the kicking position is my wild card because you got to find somebody. Apparently they did find somebody, but there's got to be consistency there because if you ask me right now, and this is how football works, the Saints are going to lose a game because of a missed field goal at some point while Will Lutz is gone. Mm-hmm. And that's going to remind people how valuable, how important Will Lutz is to this football team. That's just that's just one of my bold predictions on the season. Exactly. And, and the defense and the way the team is currently set up, I, I like how you did mention kicker because if the defense can play up to par and the Saints are led by their running back group, Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, games are going to be close. With the way that the NFL is going, games are going to be close and you need a reliable kicker to win you that game or to, to give you that three points at the end of a half, just to give you that edge going into the third quarter. And if we don't have that, we talk about it all the time. You hear it on sports radio. You hear it on TV all the time. The talent in the NFL is so close. There's not too many blowouts each week. And you need a kicker to be able to bring you home. And hopefully the Saints find that kicker while Will Lutz is out. But we're spoiled in so many different ways as Saints fans, um, with the kicker, the quarterback, running back. It's so many different ways we're spoiled. So this is an exciting year. And, you know, I'm excited to see what happens. Well, before I let you go, I'm going to put you on the spot. Right. We talked about we've been spoiled at quarterback. Uh, and, and what a privilege it was to be able to cover Drew Brees' career the last few years that I have. Mm-hmm. Because it's been magnificent to watch. But the Drew Brees era is now behind us. And for a lot of people, myself included, I don't think it'll fully register in my brain until week one. When you see Taysom or Jameis trot out and lead the offense in the regular season, it's just not going to click for me until then. That's going to be the aha moment. But speaking of that, I said Taysom or Jameis, if you're Sean Payton right now, and you had to make a decision right now on who your starter is going into week one, September 12th against the Green Bay Packers in the Caesar Superdome. That's going to take a second to get used to saying. Yeah. Who are you taking? That's a tough question, Brendan. That's a very quick tough question and probably won't be answered until after Monday's game. But if I had to pick, had no choice, and I was in the Saints coaching staff, if I was a fly on the wall, I would – think that the coaching staff is leaning towards Jameis Winston. And the reason I say that is because on Saturday night, though he didn't have this long list of a highlight reel, he was quick. He was decisive with his decision-making. And I think if he's no longer sharing starter reps with Taysom Hill each practice, I believe that he's going to build that chemistry with the wide receiver group. We know Jameis can make the plays and, and being in Tampa Um, Being with Bruce Arians, that didn't do him any favors either because that's a high-flying offense that demands a lot out of their quarterback. But I believe that Jameis Winston being decisive and having good decisions along with a strong running game and a stout defense is the answer. I believe with Taysom, he was a little indecisive, not trusting his abilities a a lot with the throws. And I believe that Jameis, the one thing he does do is trust his abilities. And I believe that Sean Payton and the coaching staff are going to put their trust in that. Well, you heard it here, both of us calling for Jameis Winston to be the starter, at least after week one of the preseason. A lot could change uh, Monday night against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Merv, 
How can people find you on the World Wide Web? Remind them once again, how do we follow the podcast? Yeah, so definitely follow the Black and Gold Hour podcast. Subscribe to it on YouTube at Black and Gold Hour. Follow us on the Instagram page at Black and Gold Hour. And follow me on Twitter at Merv underscore speak. That's Merv, M-E-R-V underscore speak, S-P-E-A-K. I'm here to talk Saints football. If you follow me on Twitter, we're talking all sports, baseball, basketball, football, WNBA, NHL. We're talking it all because I love sports and I definitely want to continue to build and, and, and grow the community and kind of start my sports family. So you guys definitely check it out. Thank you for having me, Brendan. I really appreciate it, man. Honestly, man, you're one of like my, my, my good friends in this sports media as I as I start this um, career. And man, I really appreciate you for having me on your show, man. Absolutely. Got to show love back. You had me on uh, what feels like a couple months ago. Could right. be a little bit longer, a little bit less. <laughs> Pandemic, man. Show the love know. back. Right, right. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a journey this this past year and a half, man. But just meeting you and you know talking Saints football and growing the Saints community—that's what we're here to do, man. And man, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, for me, you can follow me on Twitter at bt boylan. That's at bt b o y l a n. It's the same for Instagram. You can follow my work along with John Hendricks, Bob Rose. Kyle T. Mosley at si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints. If you need something a little bit easier to remember, just hit www.getsaintsnews.com. Follow us all over there at the Saints News Network. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. That's at the Dis D-I-S. And as always, guys, find your peace, spread love, practice positivity. We'll see you after Monday night against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Saints-Jaguars ESPN, Monday night football. We'll see you soon.